Welcome and thanks for tuning in. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics that we'll explore, remember, the areas you're moving into are always most important. Plan well and move to protect others and yourself. That's how you deliver flawless service and move America safely. So enjoy life and enjoy this podcast. Since Roman is temporarily away from his duties here at Rail, we saved the following interview, and that interview happened a few weeks ago. Roman will be back soon, and we will be recording some new and exciting episodes. Welcome to Keeping It Rail. I'm Michael. And I'm Roman. Roman, today we have uh, something that's dear to my heart, a guest on here today. Who is it? His name is Jeff Everton. I thought you said it was someone dear to your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 uh, yeah. he kind of, uh, he and what he does kind of changed, changed my life. Well, really. I know who he is, but yeah. I mean, how did he change your life? He, he, he leased my truck to me when I when I came to work for rail and it was one of the best experiences I ever had okay so uh, this is the guy you talk to absolutely if yeah. you want to make a change from company to possibly owning or leasing your truck. absolutely wow yeah it's uh it's, it's it's not for everybody for sure right uh, it's it was good for me for a long time <laughs> it's uh yeah, but it, how long Mike how long was it that you were a company driver? before you went owner-op? Well, I owned five trucks for about 20 years. So and right I, away almost. Well, I, I was I was tired of being owner-operator. I said I'd had enough of it. Right. I came over here, I was gonna, I'm gonna let somebody else take the, take the responsibility, <laughs> right? And I drove for about two months. And when I came through orientation and Gary, the guy told me, he said, you're probably not gonna like being a company driver. You used to be an owner operator. And I said, well, I don't want that responsibility anymore. So <laughs> I said, uh, I'm gonna be a company driver. And he nope. was right. I made it about two <laughs> months. And then I was speaking to the gentleman we have here today. Yeah. And he answered all of my questions about it. And he was very detailed. He gave me all of the facts. Wow, because uh, when I deal with him, he's never that detailed. No, he's, he's just he's like, great. hey, I said to get it done, I need it now. And he actually did that to me today. He says, I need this done. How come it's not done? He blew up my phone today. No, I'm kidding. I'm actually, you uh, helped me a lot today. That <laughs> See that? Yeah. You, you were yeah. doing that. Uh, yeah. And they want me to retire. And I got this guy saying I help a lot. You, yeah. uh, you you did experience today, and you had a gentleman coming through that was actually leasing a truck, right? I, 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 I didn't get to know much about him, but, yeah, he is um, going to be a uh, – he's – Owner op. He's owner operator. Owner operator. Owns his own yeah. truck. He, oh, okay. I think he leased it through here before, right? No, uh, no. actually, a uh, gentleman had leased a truck prior uh, with rail leasing, and he turned that truck in and okay. purchased an older truck. Okay, that's what it was. And, and okay. so he was an owner operator for some uh, period of time with that truck, and then uh, left rail and uh, tried something else. And like uh, some folks, they come right back to rail. Right Absolutely. where they started from. So there is an argument before we get going in this in our office about you. Is it Ebergen or Ibergen? Ebergen. Thank you. That's all we needed to know. See, no, I was I, right. I people. think I said it wrong earlier. Yeah, I said, <laughs> yeah, so that's all right. <laughs> no, but um, again, Jeff is here today. He's going to talk a little bit for all of everybody who wants to become 
an owner operator or lease operator, okay, and it doesn't necessarily have to be anybody from rail, it could be anybody, right? Jeff? That is correct. Uh, we get quite a few folks that come on board uh, with rail that have prior experience. They'll lease a truck uh, through rail leasing and then uh, join rail, or we have company drivers that lease uh, from rail leasing as well. And either party can certainly go out and purchase their own trucks if they desire to do that. And then that would require an inspection here, right? Yes, uh, right. there is an inspection required. Uh, if they bring their own trucks on board, we have three locations currently they can bring that truck to, and that's uh, Conley, Georgia, Marshfield, of course, and then Phoenix, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. for the flatbed group can bring their trucks on board in Phoenix. Okay. Uh, if a person did own a truck, how, how new, how old would the truck have to be? Well, that's a great question because some folks trying to bring back that 1986 cab over yet, you know, they <laughs> want to try to bring that on board when it should yeah. be uh, sitting out in the front yard with flowers in them. The age, uh, seven years and newer. So currently, as of today, I'm accepting 2014s. Another month from now, it'll be 2015 and newer model year trucks. Why seven years? Why not 10? Why not 15? Maybe? Well, the idea is, you know, we like to portray a professional image out there. And also the fact that older trucks have a tendency to have breakdowns. And we believe in on-time service to our customers. Okay. So you got to factor all that in there. you got to draw a line somewhere in the sand. And, uh, you know, we, we just want to portray what our company's all about to our customers. They see the trucks pulling in their driveways and, and they actually talk to our drivers and owner operators who are truly our sales folks here at rail. Right. Um, what's some of the things you have to do? I mean, you have to have a big down payment to get these trucks? No, you don't. Uh, we have a couple options for that. Uh, if you wanna jump into leasing right away, we have a program called the Standard Down Payment Plan. And how that works, you pay two weeks of the tractor lease payment up front, plus a required insurance deposit to set up the owner-operative truck insurance. So that amount could vary from $1,100 up to $1,700. Now that's, that's on a used truck. If somebody wanted to uh, lease a brand new truck that we have sitting in our yard today, that would require $6,800 wow. down payment, just like buying a new car, wow. right? You buy a new car, you spend this money, you drive it off the lot and it depreciates. Right. What was that number again? Another option for- That, that, that for the new one, 6,000? Currently $6,800, okay. currently. Okay. Subject to change, of course, as truck prices go up through the years. Right. Um, another option for leasing a truck is a program that's very popular called the Earn Down Payment Program. And how that works is that the operator's got to be on board with rail for a minimum of 90 days. And I shouldn't say operator, being a company driver first for 90 days, have satisfactory performance, and then they can um, pay as little as $150 to $200 down, and that covers the insurance deposit. Okay. They have to complete an online business course that we set up yep. through a program called um, CABS, Course of Advanced Business Standards is what that stands for. The course is no charge to the owner-operator other than their time. It takes about 10 to 12 hours to fully complete the course, but it's very, very informative. I wish I had it back in 1983 when I purchased my own truck. It would Me have been too. a very <laughs> useful tool to have. <laughs> yeah. Um, you were saying, so for a new one, $6,800. Correct. How do we compare to other places or other companies that do this? Do you research other companies and kind of get your numbers off them? Or is this is something that you and your team 
come up with? I mean, how do you... Well, quite where do you get these numbers from? That's yeah, quite question. honestly, I rely on the finance department. They're okay. the folks that go out and they use NADA, N-A-D-A, yep. to look at what the prices of trucks are doing. And also involves uh, Mr. Rick Rail uh, reviews the terms as well. Um, so we, we look at the current market value of what trucks are bringing. Uh, right now, the market has skyrocketed on used trucks, but we're still using the NADA. Um, and the uh, NADA is the blue book of the... Of the commercial. Of the right. trucking, right. yeah, compared to Kelly Blue Book, if you will, of the automotive business. Um, so technically, with a high you know, increase of used trucks, our terms should be higher, but they aren't. Right. Okay. Um, so how long would these leases typically be? Most of our leases are a four-year lease. It's set up as a lease purchase program. So you're leasing the truck for four years, having a weekly payment, which depending upon the truck would vary from as low as $550 a week. That would be on a very high mileage 2019 model year truck currently, up to as amount of $770 per week, and that's on a very low mileage 2022. Uh, we do have a few trucks out there, older ones that are three-and-a-half-year lease, um, a couple are a three-year lease, but a great majority are a four-year lease. And that's a lease purchase. So at the end of that term, you have to decide if you want to purchase the truck. There's a fair market value established at the time that we lease the truck. So you know up front, at the end of that four-year period, how much you have to pay for it if you truly want <coughs> to buy it. There's some operators rolling into the program that merely just want to lease it for four years and upgrade to something newer. Okay. They like the newer trucks. They like the kinda newer like, warranties. Kind of like the people that get a new car every four yeah. years. Yeah, like exactly. That, yeah. yeah, they like the warranties. The, the fact that every four to five years, those trucks are noticeably getting better fuel mileage and have the most recent technology. What, what is the warranty? You spoke of warranty. What is the warranty on these things? The warranty currently is a five-year, 500,000-mile manufacturer warranty on the engine. You know, whatever comes first, the warranty starts ticking when the truck was put in service as so a new truck. There's 350,000 on it. There's 150 less or yeah. one year, whatever's left. Correct. Right? Yeah. And that's on major components only of that engine. That's on, the, like, the block and the crank and the pistons. It doesn't cover the air compressor. doesn't cover fuel injectors. Just the major components. Okay. Another warranty is the drivetrain warranty. The drivetrain warranty consists of the transmission and rear differentials, or some guys call them the pumpkins, right? Okay. Um, that warranty is five years or 750,000 miles, whatever comes first. Wow. It does not include the drive shaft. Uh, back when we had manual transmission trucks, that did not include the clutch. Okay. So pretty much uh, for the duration of the lease, they're per for the major components they're covered yes that yeah. is correct so um, we do also offer a seven-day inspection period which is nice too so my favorite saying is until you get it under a load and on the road you really don't know what's wrong with that truck you can walk around the truck kick the tires and hey the truck looks nice but until right. you actually start working it pulling a load uh, building some uh, engine temperature and so forth we give a seven-day inspection period for that leasee to write up any defects or flaws and then we get them 30 days to get routed to one of our rail maintenance terminals for the repairs to be made, and we stand behind those repairs. So as far as, you know, the warranty that we've, de we've determined, it covers all the major components, the engine systems. So what about your, 
what would the, the what would the leasee what would he do for the the other repairs on the truck? He has some kind of fund. I'm I'm understanding. Yeah, there is. There's a, a maintenance escrow that's required. Um, that's a minimum of ten thousand dollars on the lease truck. Okay, so anything that's maintenance related, tires and parts and repairs and PM service and roadside service, that's all covered underneath that maintenance escrow. And that's a minimum of $10,000. Now, $10,000 sounds like a lot of money, but you know what? Today's tire prices, they'll eat up real quickly $5,000 for tires nowadays. So um, most owner-operators go beyond $10,000, especially those that intend on keeping the trucks build up that nest egg well, i was gonna say how would i don't have 10 grand how would i if i'm becoming a lease or an you know a lease operator how would i how would i give you that 10 do i have to have that 10 grand no you don't need that up front that's a very good question um that's reached at a minimum of six cents per mile okay and most folks starting out they go with six cents per mile um, until other escrows are capped off and then they'll kick it up they'll to 10 up. 12 14. Um, as a truck gets older that should be increased the 10, 12, 14, 15 cents per mile, um, especially especially if you intend on keeping the truck. Right. Uh, if it's a true owner-operator bringing in their own truck, that escrow is optional, but quite a few owner-operators take advantage of establishing one. Nice to have. It certainly is. Very nice to have. You were, you said one of the uh, one of the more least expensive was 550 a week. Correct. So, if I were to do that, what would be my average cost? A week because there's obviously the 550 then I have to do my escrow and then whatever else what would be my average cost per week do you know that number well roughly um, and the biggest factor of course in that cost is your fuel cost okay and your fuel cost is your highest cost of operating your business of being an owner operator okay. is your fuel cost so at today's prices you know national average is around 374 cents per gallon that's today's price roughly um, and then you got to factor in uh, some escrows being deducted. Um, your costs are going to be right around twenty two hundred to twenty four hundred, wow. roughly, a month per oh, week. Oh, per week. Per, per week. week. Yeah, that's okay. yeah. Week. and that's oh, wow. taken out for a truck payment, insurance costs, fuel costs. Wow, plus three, the five fifty. No, including. Oh, that's including. That's yeah. including. See, I don't know. Inclusive. I don't know much about owner. I never had to yeah. worry about it. Sure. So. So, because owner-operators, they're grossing anywhere from $4,500 to $5,000 per week. Okay. Is what their gross is. So that's what I want to make, out. but I don't want to have to pay anything. <laughs> How would I have to do that? No, seriously. I mean, that's you need to what apply it's about, for a, huh? You need to apply for a CEO job or something. You're in a I, I would be an awesome CEO someplace. You'd, You'd want to be a nice beneficiary of, of some inheritance. <laughs> if you could work uh, out a plan for me where I just reap the benefits and not have to pay anybody to operate that thing, I'm in. You can be a business owner, right? You go out and buy a fleet of trucks like Everett Rail started with one truck yeah, and built see, he has to. Right? they have to repair all those, right? They had to at one point or another. Oh, yeah. I they don't, don't want to do that. that. I just want to, I want to make that five grand a week and that's it. It goes in my pocket. Right, that's all I want. I think we all would look for something like that yeah. if that was the case. Uh-huh. No, I think that's what a lot of these, you know, especially these. these you know, Mike can maybe agree with me on this. I don't know if you could or not, but a lot of GYC deal, not just in Marshfield, they come in and oh, I want to own my own truck. I want to own my own truck. Why? Well, that's where the money is. 
and I don't think they realize what I mean. This is just part of what you just said. Of right. What they have to take care and, of. Right. And that that twenty two hundred. That's if you have no major issues. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, right. Like exactly. you said, I mean, one good. You see, you know, the warranty runs out. Say you decide to keep this truck afterwards, and the warranty runs yeah, out. Something happens. Thirty five thousand dollars for a motor in about two seconds. Right. I've I seen one forty two thousand. Yeah. It's. Um, uh, it's. Yeah. I, I. I mean. I mean. It's. And. We try to tell him, Jeff, now at least I can't speak for Mike, but I always tell him, all right, you know, give it a year, maybe yes. two. Understand yeah. if this is what you want to do. Oh. Someone comes up to you and they say, okay, I, I want to become a lease operator, okay? What do you tell them? What's the first thing that you would tell them when they say that to you? Well, first thing, they want to get some experience. They want to know the trucking industry. Okay. They want to know freight lanes, where the freight's going. They want to, you know, do a good home budget to see where their finances are at home and, and truly to understand why they want to lease. Get that answer. Well, I want to run more miles. Well, you should be running miles now, right? Some strictly for the money. And quite honestly, owner-operator leasing is not for everybody. It truly isn't because some people are not self-motivated. Right. Some don't manage money, their finances that well. And some of it, some of it's due to the fact they don't manage their time that well. So they manage money. So now you got more coming you in. Now you're going to be spending yeah, more. Yeah, stupidly, right? Yeah, and a good example of that is that they get the full settlement. The full settlement is sent to direct deposit to their account, and so their spouse may see all this money coming in without realizing and forgetting. You got to pay taxes sooner or later out right. of that. You know, so you go out, buy a new car, and buy this and buy that. And all of a sudden, tax time comes, and right away, you know, they panic because they didn't budget. They didn't put money aside for taxes. And we offer a nice program to help them with that through an outside party um, that will help them prepare and estimate what their quarterly taxes would be. Uh, They'll prepare a monthly profit and loss statement would be. Um, They will also do a a year-end state and federal income tax return for them. Um, So it's a very good program to help that. See, I just learned a bunch. I really didn't know all that. You know, it's yeah. it's. There's a lot of But then again, I never really had the desire, so to speak, yeah. to want to be an owner op. You know, and when I came to work for Rail, you know, when I started doing yeah. what we're doing, of course, you know, started. I remember I worked with you for about six months, a couple years ago. Every once in a while, I, I was doing experience that mm-hmm. one time, and then yes, whatever. Now I'm now I'm doing it this week. I'm covering for yeah. Dan Lyon, but uh, he's on vacation. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's just that's the only time I ever get to deal with it is when I'm dealing it with you, and that's not often. Right. You know, so. You so, can definitely make more money yeah. if you run your business accordingly. You know, I mean, some folks, unfortunately, think they're going to make this big money real quick right now. No. And it doesn't happen that way. You know, like any business, it doesn't matter if you're in a restaurant business, you got to work hard to be successful, you got to put in extra hours, and specifically starting out. Uh, but once they cap off on escrows and get a feel on how to manage their business, they'll they'll definitely make more money. I, I honestly worked harder as an owner-operator than I did mm-hmm. as a company driver because I had to to manage a lot of things. I tried to do a lot of the maintenance myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, maybe I did over-maintain uh, some of my stuff to, to mm-hmm. fault. Uh, what... Um, what about, I, I get a lot of people through GYCDL, and a lot of them ask about uh, about leasing the truck. You know, they have no experience, but they got a good mechanical background to them. Maybe their parents, mom sure. or dad own one. How long do they have to wait before they can lease one? 
That's a great question. They have to be on board with rail for a minimum of six months from their solo mileage date because right. they're learning, they're being trained. Um, so once they acquire that solo mileage date, uh, six months later, they're eligible to be reviewed. Does guarantee they right. can lease in that date, but they have to be reviewed. And how that process works is the applicant, the driver would contact me. Um, I would send an email to the review committee, which consists of a representative from safety, operations, and payroll. So they're going to look at that individual's overall performance. Uh, they're going to look at the coaching events that has taken place. Mm -hmm. And lastly, look at their logging. And all that's got to be satisfactory. Um, if it is satisfactory, then the next step is that we decide what truck that individual wants to lease. And more often than not, sometimes the truck that they're in, they enjoy the truck, they're used to the truck. Um, they don't want to move into another truck because that's quite a process for some. So they lease the truck that okay. they're in. That's kind of nice. Nice that you're you know able to do that. You know. So so at that point when they do that, uh, I, I hear what about m they want to do modifications and stuff because it's their truck at that point. Even though it's not, it's the leased equipment. Well, you're right. Yeah. It, it's technically not their truck <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because it's lease purchase. Yeah. A truck is still owned, in fact, by rail leasing during that time. Um, Slight modifications and very slight, if any, are allowed. Uh, something that we do approve is putting on a front um, deer guard, brush guard, cattle guard, whatever guard you want to call it, yeah. um, and specifically the kind that slips into the frame rails of the truck, and there's a couple heavy-duty right. pins that pin that uh, um, guard onto the truck. And secondly, most importantly, that, that rack or guard would pivot so you can check the oil and coolant. You know, you don't want to have a solid, rigid uh, guard in front of the truck. They can do that. Um, you know, adding some chrome is fine. You know, chrome is always good. Uh, putting extra lights on, I frown from that because they should not drill holes into the truck. Okay. Um, I've seen that happen in the past, and if they don't intend or don't end up buying the truck, then they're charged for all that damage done to the truck by drilling holes into it. So um, if they have questions on what modifications that could be made, they can contact me. And that's on leasing. Correct. What about if you fully blown on that truck? They can do whatever they want as long as, I mean, is there like a guideline? More or less. Okay. They can, you know, certain graphics or decals, uh, you know, we frown upon. Uh, again, that's something that I get involved or operations, I guess, mainly would get involved with that. You know, okay. it can't be anything distasteful uh, as far as decals and stuff like that. Okay. But they like to put their logo, you know, like uh, uh, whatever company they call themselves at that particular time. Yeah, that's perfectly absolutely. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a red truck. It can be a white, blue, yellow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And they can bring other models and brands on board. Uh, you know, you've seen some Kenworths here, Peterbilt's, a couple of Volvos, a yep, few Max. I've seen a couple, not many. Yeah, many. not many. Do you but know the numbers we have as owner-operators and lease-operators? Do you know that off the top of your head? Yeah, 265 right now. Well, he didn't even hesitate he on didn't. that. He cut. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to guess that low. I was going to say I thought probably be five, five or yeah. 600, I was going to no. guess. No. Is that like the highest it's been? What's the highest it's ever been percentage-wise, you know? Uh, percentage-wise? Yeah. No, but this is the highest it's been right now. For number-wise. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 265. Which I would think, correct me if I'm wrong, you see this number's probably more than I do, but it's probably 10% of the fleet. 
That's right. That's, I would think that's, right, right okay. about now. Okay. Yeah, well, right. 265, that'd be, yeah, that'd be about oh, right. 10%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you, what's the average uh, age of our owner-operator, lease-operators? I mean, like, how long they've been here? Say owner-operators. Oh, that varies. I don't know what the average would be, but... Gosh, we've got some guys that've been here for thirty plus years. Owner ops. Yeah, yeah. Wow. and, and some nice. folks have leased time and time again. It goes back to the fact that they keep upgrading after mm-hmm. every okay. four years. Well, they're doing it right then, if they are able. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. they're them. enjoying the program. What about you? I mean, how long have you been at Rail? I mean, did you always take care of this, or what else did you do with Rail, or whatever in your time here? How much time do you have? Um, no, it's it's a big question. Uh, I've been with Rail for 38 and a half years. Wow. Um, started in 1979 at the ripe age of 21 years old as a company driver okay. here at Rail. Um, did that for four and a half years until my accountant tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, Jeff, you're you're doing quite well at Rail, but you need to invest some money. Well, my dad, being a farmer, uh, naturally would say invest in land, and to this day, he's correct. You know, that, that would have been a good investment. I know, everybody's black dirt is gold yeah. for some reason. I, I, the way you're talking, I would assume you grew up around Marshfield? Yes, and okay. I'm a, a farm boy originally okay. anyway. So he said I should invest my, in land, but I, I liked it, you know, thinking about buying a truck. So I went out and bought a truck, a brand-new truck next door at Mid-State Truck. And uh, had that for about uh, four years, which I paid it off in a little over two years. Met my wife and children, decided to get off the road. Um, so then I worked construction for a company that summer. And then uh, it's right around Christmas time, January, I get a call. And somehow Rail found out I was back in the area. They offered me a job and I came back. And uh, a driver? No, I came back. Uh, ran a bulldozer and excavator. We were building our new office complex north okay. of here, and it was nothing but a hole in the ground at the time when I came back. And so I took over that project and then uh, delivered local loads uh, throughout the city of Marshfield. And then when that project was done with the, the building of the office, then uh, I went into the office and worked with Rick Rail on how to use computers. Uh, I never used computers, you know, graduating. 1975, no, no use of computers what whatsoever. Computer, right? So <laughs> our current CEO, Mr. Rick Rail, trained me all summer about using computers and took over his business. He was doing customer service work for a few accounts while Rick was learning the role from his father to take over the ranks there. I was learning uh, some customer service uh, ideas and how to run that part of the business. So I did that for a few years. I worked with dispatch a little bit. Um, I was operations support uh, manager for a while. Um, I was in uh, the flatbed curtain side group as an operations manager for 11 years. Um, I used to haul diesel fuel at night, uh, bring it into the office. The only tanker we have here at Rail, and still I, here? I pulled that. <laughs> that one that's down in the yard? The uh, one that's still here in the yard. That white one down That white one, yes. Wow. Yeah, and then I've been in this role with uh, leasing for 11 years 11 now. years. You liking it? I do. I really do. It, it really, I can relate to what's going on. I put my driver's cap on, if you will, occasionally and right. think about how I would handle a situation. Yeah, so you, pretty much everything you've done here, I mean, this, this role that you have now is like it fits you. I mean, you know what you're looking for. You know what's expected, what's going to happen. You've done it. You know? Yeah, it makes it easier to help answer questions for those that are a little bit apprehensive uh, about becoming an owner or lease operator. Uh, easier that you've you know, been there, done that sort of thing. 
but you can relate to what their questions are. You can re relate what they're going through and, and understand it's, it's what they It's so scary need to do. for someone that knows nothing about it. That's, that can be a scary big step. Oh, believe me, when I bought my new truck, I couldn't sleep for nights. I was 26 years old when I right. bought the truck, and for a few nights I couldn't sleep, yeah. not knowing if it was the right decision. But once you start rolling with it, and now Rail has so many support programs right. in place to help that new owner, lease operator, you know, everybody from maintenance, you know, the support that they offer here, they're there for advice. Um, our shop labor rate is one of the lowest in the business right now. Um, we sell our tires at a cost plus uh, 5%. We sell parts at a cost plus 10%. That's just maintenance support. Okay. Then you got operations support 24 7, 365. Um, you have folks in the settlement department that can help answer questions about your settlements. I mean, so much support that I unfortunately didn't have when I had my own truck, <laughs> but I had gone to another company at the time in 1983 there was not an owner-operator program in place. And I did ask first, before I went elsewhere, you know, if we could start an owner-operator program. So in 83, there was not an owner-operator program well, the, here. The, the good thing about the, the lease program that Rail has is if you go and you go to a company and you purchase a truck and it just doesn't work out with you, you're stuck with that, it's on your credit, and it, it can really turn out bad for you. To where if you do the lease program with them and it, you you decide it's something you want to give a go and you, you try it, later on it doesn't work for you, it's not a big deal. You can go back and you can go back to being a company driver or whatever you want What's to that do. called? Walk away? That is correct. Yeah. It's yeah. called a walk away lease. So, yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because there's some companies where you're locked in. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, and I've seen this over the last year with the pandemic that we have where due to family health issues, mm -hmm. The operator needs to get off the road, and it's quite simple just to return the truck back to Marshfield where the lease takes place, turn the truck in. Um, they're accountable, of course, for any damage right. or repairs needed, right. you know. But other than that, uh, some of these companies are locked in for a year, a couple of years. Uh, there's, I won't say who the competition is, but they have a four-year uh, lease, and they cannot walk out at all during that time. Mm. Wow. Um, so then you're strapped, and... Um, and, and then they brag about no payments at the end of the lease. You know, like I mentioned earlier, ours, we have a fair market value established at the end of the lease, which now, by the way, varies from as low as $11,000 up to as high as $45,000. Is that is that the balloon balloon payment? Is that what sort that is? Sort of like that. Is that something like that? Similar to that, but we call the fair market value okay. buyout at the end. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but going back to those companies yeah. that are – marketing advertising zero at the end well they better not be any at the end because their payments are anywhere from a thousand to twelve hundred at the at a week that's, that's before you pay any any insurances or tags or so you're paying that's just 50, tractor yeah. tractor lease payment right. fifty four thousand a year times four two hundred and what uh sixteen wow yeah, so the yeah there better not be a, a payment at the end be. and then the payment period is six to seven years and some As of well. you, wow. and some of them you wind up you you talk to some of the guys and I I kind of got a laugh at a couple of them. And they go, yeah, it's a it's a 2003, and I'm I only gave forty something to you did the math on it. And they got like two hundred thousand dollars in this truck when they're done with wow. it. Yeah, it's uh, with with rail you you get even if you lease the truck you got or whatever you're getting a top good quality truck when you get one. You For know? sure. Is this something, again, we talked a bit about you, is this something that you want to 
finish your career at at rail when it's time for you to go this is right in the position you're in can you see yourself doing something different before you uh, decide to retire as of right now probably not unless okay. your position becomes available <laughs> uh, then we'll slide he's, over to that you, you see he's not walking away from this position he's got it made yeah, i got it made i get to <laughs> work with you four days a month <laughs> yay that's why I, I think I'm probably uh, going down the bell curve right now to the fact that I will be retiring at some point, maybe in the next year and a half, wow. two years, okay, so soon. is my goal. Sure. Uh, but you never know what what transpires. Everything that you've done here, is this your most enjoyable? Yeah, I, I'd have to say so. I mean, I still have the itch to drive yet, which I do uh, on a little side job that I do on okay. weekends. Um, it's not a trucking job, it's a motor coach driving job that I do, and, and uh, that takes the, the itch off of me on driving a little bit. But you go to casinos? Not at all, no. no. I, I go to football games, oh, Packer heck, games, Badger games, uh, you know, Mall of America trips, shopping trips, uh, high school sporting events, wow. stuff like that. Um, but I really enjoy, answer your question, I enjoy what I'm doing now because I can relate to the business um, it's a new and exciting business. Each day I come to work, I feel like coming to work. So that right. tells me I'm not ready to retire. Yeah. You know, when that time comes when you got to force yourself to go into work, well, then it's probably time to hang it up or do something else. But I mean, just by listening to you and, the, you know, the little that I've got to work with you in the past, very knowledgeable in this. I mean, everything just right off... He didn't even have to think about that stuff. He's done it. So, yeah. He's done it so, in a year or two. I mean, how, the person who replaces you, because obviously they're not going to get rid of the program when you no. leave. I mean, uh, wow, that person's got big shoes to fill. <laughs> you know, so, We're all replaceable. Well, um, I get but, it, but uh, the, the, the position is replaceable, but not the, the knowledge. You know? Yeah, that I'll, I'll put processes in place right. and certainly hopefully spend a good half a year or a year working with someone yeah. else. Um, right. Certainly not want to hold anything back whatsoever. I want to see rail continue to right. grow. And, you know, I get that question asked, how do you like working for rail? Well, it's a family-owned business. Mm -hmm. To me, that means a lot. Right. Uh, rather than working for a board of directors that are simply looking at numbers now, not saying rail don't because they're very financially successful financially, but on the other hand, it means more to me that a family is getting rewards for what I'm putting into it. Right. I mean, okay. I, I'm a big believer in that. Good. So what's some of your, you said a year and a half from now, what's some of your things you're looking forward to doing when you retire? Well, I, I get that asked as well, but I I think I'll probably do some side jobs yet. Um, you got to be active. And I've seen it too often when folks retire, we had a few folks here retire over the years, uh, they weren't retired for not even a year, mm -hmm. and they pass on. You, you got to be active. You got to do something. You got to right. be engaged. Um, so I got a few things lined up. Uh, we're thinking about relocating to northern Wisconsin. So with that, I'll be around some lakes that maybe I'll try fishing. I haven't <laughs> you done that. You know you're doing that wrong. When you retire, you're supposed to go to Florida like everybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess I like the northern Wisconsin <laughs> area, Wisconsin, the hunting, yeah. Park Falls. Park Falls? Yeah, yeah. up by the Turtle Flambeau Flowage. It's a huge body yeah. of water, oh, great yeah. fishing there, by, uh, what I've been told anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, well, you remember Bob Wartko? Yes. He oh, lives yeah. up there. Yeah. yeah, he does. So he, he wrote yeah. me into looking for stuff up there. And, uh, sure. 
So he lives on the actually in Park Falls. Um, yes. I know uh, where you're going is where by Springstead up in that area. Yeah, that, that is correct. Yeah. Fifty miles east of Park yeah, Falls. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful area up there. It especially is. Especially the, the the flowage. It is. Yeah. It's not much around it except on the the northern part of the lake, right? Correct. Yeah. And correct. You feel yeah. like you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you're there. in the wilderness up there. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. And beautiful. we're kind of in the middle of the Shoquamigan National Forest, which is nice. But well, good. Uh, been involved in a snowmobile club the last few years, grooming snowmobile trails. When I'm not driving motor coach, I go up there and run a groomer at night. You still ride on the ride? I do. I, I, I ride uh, snowmobile during the day, and then at night I go out and groom what I wrecked uh, riding. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you, I know at one point you owned a Harley. Do you still ride? I do, but I had problems with my Harley last year. Oh. Yeah, I don't ride it enough. <laughs> uh, that's the biggest problem I have with it, but I, I certainly enjoy that and looking forward to the day where I can spend some more time. Mike doesn't uh, have a problem riding his heart. No, yeah. no, Good. especially awesome. when you got uh, who's that blaring on there? The radio. Come on, what 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 singer is that? <sighs> Come on, you can say it. It's all right. It's all right. I won't give it away, folks. But uh, yeah. Michael let that out one of these days. He <laughs> likes to have uh, a yeah. certain singer on there. So <laughs> inside joke. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> So Jeff, I know you got stuff to do. Um, we're gonna we're gonna start closing this out a little bit here. Um, in 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 recap of what we talked about, you talked about how uh, lease operators can get a hold of you, kind of the prices per week. Um, we talked about the warranties on the vehicle, all the major components, um, modifications. We went into that. What I didn't hear was insurance. Uh, can you just really kind of talk about that a little bit, whether it be health insurance or uh, vehicle insurance? You know? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm yeah. glad you did bring that up again because uh, insurance certainly adds to the cost of operating right. the business. It's part of what I call the dirty five. Uh, if you ever heard of that term? Well, the dirty five, I, if I remember right, it, it's something that I think that's something Mike likes. It's like the Florida-Georgia line, you know. So <laughs> anyways, no, go ahead. Well, the dirty, let's let's talk about the dirty five because it's part of any business, okay. whether you own a restaurant or a trucking business. But you spell dirty with a D-I-R-T-I. Okay. So the first D stands for depreciation. The next I stands for interest. The next uh, R stands for repairs. The T stands for taxes. And lastly, the last I is insurance. Oh, boy. The dirty five, because like that. that's going to be something you have to pay no matter what business you have. So a good segue into insurance is the fact that, yeah, we do assist with setting up the required uh, owner-operator physical damage insurance on the truck itself. We have an outside uh, company, a brokerage firm that we've been uh, working with for quite a few years that offers some very good competitive rates on insurance. Another insurance that's required is the bobtail non-trucking liability. Okay. Now, you gentlemen's probably heard about that recently in Congress. They're kicking that around. It's currently a requirement of $750,000. Now, that bobtail insurance is for in the event you get involved in a personal injury or property damage accident while you're in a bobtail status. Well, they're thinking about raising it up to $4 million. Oh. Well, guess what? Our lobbyists and friends such as the ATA and TCA, uh, went to bat, and they've really been working hard in Congress to drop that big number down. Because quite frankly, independent contractors, those are those with their own authority, their own truck, their own trailer, it'll push some of those guys out of business right. due to that high cost of insurance. 
Um, so they're kicking around and think about having a, a $2 million limit on that. Here at Rail, we're already offering a one, $1 million policy okay. for that bobtail. And, of course, the last insurance is what's called occupational accidental insurance in case that you would get injured while providing business services. That basically replaces workers' comp. Workers' comp, okay. But since you're no longer considered an employee as being an operator, um, we use occupational accidentals. So we're able to set all that up on behalf, of course, of the operator. And we renegotiate terms uh, with the brokerage firm every year. Typically in August, we look at the best plan, what they offer. Uh, two years ago, we switched insurance carriers on the Great American Insurance because they offered a, a more competitive rate with premium coverage. So that takes a lot of worry away from that owner-operator. What about any uh, health insurance? Health insurance, uh, we currently don't offer anything right now. Um, that's one of the costs of, of course, operating your, your own business. You should carry some health insurance. I certainly suggest that. Um, but that's something that the operator, you know, they run their own business. They got control of their business. They should go out and research that on themselves. Um, if they really want to get more information, I could provide okay. some information on a few companies out there. A lot of folks deal with their hometown insurance. Start off with that. Okay. What about uh, as far as, uh, I know one of the things that always bugged me as a company driver, I had to get fuel at certain fuel stops or, or I had to take certain, I had to take certain loads. I couldn't, I, that was one of the things that really uh, piqued it to me. It was I wanted to be able to have more say-so of what I was doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up as well because uh, when you get your load information, it's followed by a suggested routing. And we call it suggested, very highly suggested. You take whatever route that you want because you're paying for your own fuel. Um, but on that suggested routing, there's not a fuel route or fuel plan in place. You're the business owner. you got to have control of your costs. And your biggest cost, again, is your fuel costs. So there's a lot of apps out there uh, for you to use, and, and you determine where you want to fuel and how many gallons to put in. Um, that's that's your major decision. And you were saying, speaking of some of the discounts and everything we get, I understand you get a, you get a discount on your fuel. There is a fuel discount program in place. Yeah, we issue what's called the EFS card. That's what we're currently using. Not saying we'll change to something different at some time, but we're currently issuing an EFS card. That card actually has the power of cash. Okay. And it's pretty cool because you got the convenience of a card mm -hmm. instead of carrying large volumes of cash. When I was the company driver in 1979, we were carrying, you know, a lot of money paid for that fuel, right. although fuel costs weren't as high back then, but still it made Don't me nervous me. carrying that <laughs> carrying that cash. Yeah. Um, so you have that. And then um, we do offer additional fuel discount. Okay. Cool. Uh, another thing I want to bring out, too, on that suggested routing, if there's a toll road listed and you take that toll road, rail pays for it, as long as you have the pre-pass transponder, which we do offer to owner-operators, a very, very modest cost um, to have one of those transponders. And it, it really saves your time, especially you don't have to stop for a lot of the scales because the safety record's good here at Rail Transport. Mm -hmm. And so you save some time there. And then you save some costs on tolls. In some states like Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, it's actually reduced um, cost for tolls by having a transponder instead of stopping and paying cash. Okay. Wow. And as far as the load choice? 
Low Choice, uh, we no longer offer that program. We okay. did have it at one time, and that was just for the national van group only. Okay. Um, no other fleet was offered Low Choice. Um, based on feedback uh, from operations, we decided to uh, leave that option. However, any owner, operator, lease operator has the option to refuse any load offered. So you're going to work closely with a business advisor. The business advisor would be working with you on your behalf in the eyes of the load planners and knowingly know where you like to run and knowingly where you don't care to run. Okay. You know, so if there's some cities or some areas you don't care to go, that business advisor will let the planner know that. And what about as far as uh, how much how much would I make? Like how much per mile? Uh, that rate per mile is what we use, a sliding mileage scale compensation plan. Um, that's a stable plan, if you will, because you're going to know up front by looking at the miles uh, what the rate per mile is. Okay. Um, we do offer compensation on the deadhead miles, and a lot of carriers don't do that, and, and we do, plus fuel surcharge. And I tell you what, right now with the high rising cost of fuel, Fuel surcharge program is keeping our operators in business. God only knows where it's going. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. So that really helps keep our owner operators in business. It helps takes you know takes away the cost of that fuel, um, but it doesn't replace the cost of right. the fuel, obviously. But it helps uh, keep them in business, if you will. I got you. Um, but the the rates per mile depends upon what fleet you're on. You know, flatbed is a higher compensation rate per mile than what van is. Um, on van, it starts out at $1.44 per mile, and then that's on a short mile load. So then you go down to like a 401 to 600 mileage uh, rate is $1.16 per mile um, because that's the way the customer is built. So we believe, and I know this from working in customer service years ago, that if we're going to build the customer more, we're going to pass that on to the owner-operator as well. Right. And that's why the shorter trips are billed higher, we pay the owner-operator more. I got you. All right. You know, that was a lot of information, and I'm sure there's more. We could probably sit here, you know, a little bit longer. But um, uh, if you want to get a hold of Jeff, um, what's your extension number here at Rail? Do you know? My extension number was given back to me, or given to me, rather, back in 1989, and I've had it ever since because I think that they thought at that time I would forget it. It's <laughs> extension 2345. <laughs> the easiest extension here at rail. 2345. Uh, two, uh, I'll yeah. never forget that, forget that one. Yeah. <laughs> so you could get a, you know, if anybody that works here at rail, get a hold of Jeff that way, or they could call rail's 800 number and 591-7000. Um, right? Actually, I have no. my own direct number. You have your own direct I number? Have my own See, direct I don't number. even know that. Yeah. Matter of fact, I did call you today, and I think I... Couldn't find it, and I use it. And what is it? What, what is that direct number? It's seven one five five nine one seven one two two seven one two two. All right. Correct. So yeah, you get a hold of Jeff. He'll be happy to talk to you about more than what we've talked about. Um, anything else, Mike? That's uh, pretty much told everything I needed. To I know it's uh, yeah. good information there for people that are uh, interested in owner operator lease operator status. So. Um, again, thanks for coming, Jeff. We'll get you out of here, you know, so you can go do your thing. It's, uh, 
it's uh, according to Mike. It's cold outside. I don't want you to you know, get caught in the dark, you know, with the with the twenty five degree weather that we got. Yeah. Right. It was, a, yeah. it was a pleasure having yeah, you. It was a well, pleasure for having all you. of the information. Well, yeah. thank you for having me today. And you know, the owner operator lease purchase program is a great program here at Rail. I'm really thankful to be part of it, and certainly want to see it continue that way. All right. Yeah. I agree. You know, ten percent of our fleet is approximately you know approximately ten percent. Correct. So. Maybe it'll be more. I mean, that's who knows, you know. So maybe now that everybody knows who you are, maybe they'll, they'll be a hundred touches. Yeah, yeah, you know, who knows. <laughs> so uh, I got nothing else, Mike. No. What about you? That's it. Let's right. wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. I'm just gonna say my thing. You know, keep keep see on the flip side. You know, that, I like that. That's the old keep ten it. four good you buddy. Can. You know, oh. CB talk, right? <laughs> see on the flip side. Remember to keep it safe and do it the railway. And I'll see you on the flip side. I had to throw that in there. Yes, I did.